to the premiere episode of TCSJ Talks. I'm Scott Takechi. I'm an alumni of the Impact Program, and I'm currently enrolled in the Mathematicals Instruction Added Authorization, or MIA, as it's popularly known. I am with Diane Carnahan, the president of TCSJ. So, Diane, share a little bit about your background and how and why you got into education. Thanks, Scott, for having me here. It's um, This is kind of fun as... I enter my retirement years to go back and think about um, back where it all started in 1978, where I became a first grade teacher at Jefferson Elementary School. I knew that I always wanted to be a teacher. When I was in high school, we had a community service program, and I started working at a local elementary school in first grade. And so from a junior in high school all the way through college, I had the opportunity to work in classrooms and knew that that was what I wanted to do and that the primary grades was a good fit for me. 1978, came from San Jose State University into the Valley, and I've been here ever since. Taught at Jefferson 11 years, and then I moved over to Holt Union Elementary and I was there nine years before coming to the county office and then doing lots of different things from there. How long have you worked at Teachers College? Back in 2007, I actually left my job at West Ed, where I'd been for 10 years. So I left teaching, came to the county office for a couple of years, then went to work for West Ed for 10 years, and then came back into the STRS system, which was one of the motivators for that. In 2007, I became the interim dean at, in mm. 2012. And then 2015, our accrediting agency required us to have a full-time president. Dr. Gary DeRossi was a part-time. And so at that point, then I moved into the president position. So we know you're retiring. What are you going to miss the most about TCSJ? Well, I of course, everybody says the people, and that is absolutely true, right? I'm mm-hmm. retiring to spend more time with uh, my grandkids and my family and, you know, maybe do some different projects. But the hubbub, um, the excitement of new programs, right? So we'll get a call or we'll get an idea to do something that's new and innovative and fresh And there's a lot of excitement around those kinds of things. So the hubbub of new and innovative, exciting things, the hubbub of people in the building like a school site has, right? When people are in the building and they're talking and working and thinking, um, that's very rewarding. So is there anything in the works that isn't, quote, publicly known? And you, don't have to, and you don't have to answer that if you don't want. We do have something in the works. And I'll, I'll maybe give to that because it's not a final go yet, mm-hmm. is that one of the things that we've been able to start is looking at the pipeline of students moving into education. So there's a teacher shortage everywhere. Mm-hmm. There is in this region. And um, I have been able to become involved in looking at the pipeline. So for instance, Venture School started what they call a teach pathway, 
okay. for high school students that want to enter okay. into the okay. teaching profession, or okay. they think they do. So we're housing 24 students mm -hmm. in that program this year that is public, and then moving them through a BA program that includes classes around education, that then moves them into a credential oh, wow. program, that then moves them into a master. So really thinking about that pipeline and what more can teachers college create and develop to be a full pipeline. Oh, nice. <laughs> so to, to be announced soon, we'll see. No, that's great. <laughs> you know, I'm going to preface this next question uh, because I know some of the amazing things you have done because I started an impact back when the classes were over what I presume now is Venture Academy. Yes, yes. I'm sure you have more than that. So what is the legacy that you would like to leave? One of the reasons we're housed in a county office is we have the ability to utilize the services of the county office, HR, business, the superintendent's mm -hmm. office, operations, security, all of that. But the county office I believe here is known for serving our communities. Mm -hmm. And I think that TCSJ has done a wonderful job of serving our region. So we're actually in an eight county region, but if we even just think about San Joaquin County, then I'm proud of the fact that we do everything we can to serve the educational mm -hmm. needs of preparing quality teachers, preparing administrators, providing long-term support in terms of other professional growth opportunities. And that in turn, of course, serves the K-12 students, the, the TK, PK um, students in this region. So if we can, which we do take seriously, the preparation of our educators in our region, then we're going to have kids that are better prepared, which is an important part of our mission. So in, in terms of a legacy, I would hope that even though I'm kind of, you know, up here in my little space, that TCSJ, it's not my legacy, it's that TCSJ's legacy is serving our community. So here's the tough question. Uh-huh. What are you most proud of? Out of all the things you've accomplished here, because it is quite a bit. Well, and uh, I don't take credit for any individual thing at all because, you know, that silly saying, it's not silly, but it takes a village. Mm -hmm. It takes a village to start new programs, to build a new building, to serve our communities. And so each has been, each of the activities, the work that um, I've been involved in with our staff and SJCOE and our community has been a joy, but it's also been a challenge, right? So right. there are joys and challenges. So um, what am I most proud of? Um, I, I don't know that I could say any one thing. I think that I'm proud of the people that have been part of the TCSJ legacy that work tirelessly, honestly. Our coordinators, our support staff, um, our admission staff, our adjunct faculty, our supervisors that are out in the field with interns every day, and coaches that work to prepare better administrators. I'm proud of the people that we have brought on board that do that work that creates the mm -hmm. TCSJ legacy. 
I totally agree. I actually wrote a blog about who's the biggest supporter that you had at TCSJ. And I ended up writing basically that same. You have so many people that are so friendly. They they return phone calls, return emails as quickly as they can, uh-huh. and it helped. Yeah. I mean, they talked about like how to get into the MIA program. They talked about mm-hmm. maybe you should think about getting a master's in STEM. And yeah. so I agree. I, well, I agree and that's that. part of the kind of county office mission right. that TCSJ <clears throat> employs as well is that we are here to go above and beyond. Mm-hmm. And with every phone call and email um, contact, then you have to consider what else can, what other information can I share, go above and beyond and really serve. So here, so now we'll go back and say, this is the toughest Uh, question. So (laughs) what has been your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Well, I, I don't, I don't have, I don't think the personality that I see failures as a failure. There are, regrets more than what I see as failures because with some science background a failure just leads to a new investigation Mm -hmm. and new inquiries and new questions and so you should embrace that right right? as I think about that are a challenge and it and it probably just is that what what more could I have done to support people um, that are working tirelessly in this job. Um, how could I have increased the support in ways that I, I, I think that some of the regrets will continue to surface as I start to get real about leaving and right. thinking about things to pass on mm-hmm. to someone else. Then I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I mean, you know. I mean, that's fine because a lot of people sit there and they think, okay, I should have done this uh-huh. or I should have done that. But, right. you know, it's good that you don't think about it that much. Yeah, I just, every problem has a solution in some way. Right. And so as problems arise, you find out the solution. You figure it out. Right. And you move on. And here I said before the conversation, <laughs> I used to tell my children, it was very similar to Kobe Bryant who played basketball, mm-hmm. he would shoot 10 times and you'd watch the game and say, why are you shooting, Kobe? You've missed 10. But then you start thinking, oh, wait a minute. He has the mentality that I'm going to make that next shot. Yeah, it doesn't exactly. matter. And, We're going to figure it out. I'm yeah, going to do it. Right. I'm gonna, yeah. Who has been your biggest supporter? <laughs> there's, uh, there's many of them. So mm-hmm. I think that I've been fortunate that the staff – that we've created here have been very supportive of me to do my job. Supporters have also come in my supervisors, right? So Jane Steinkamp is an advocate of Teachers College and an advocate and supporter of me in, in the work that I try to do for the college. Uh, Dr. Gary DeRossi was an early mentor to me when I came on in this job. A great listener and uh, gave great advice. Jackie Flowers was a coach for me early in my job. And so my old boss at West Ed, Kathy Dirana. So a lot of people that just um, were always, go for it, do Mm -hmm. it. Let's see how we can figure these things out. Those 
they were mostly there to help things that we needed for the college. I know a couple of those people. I know Gary. Yeah, yeah. I knew him you know, back he in was my the day. First president, yes, so. I knew him back in the day when I was actually young. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite memory in education? So, besides TCSJ, I have a lot of wonderful memories of being a teacher. And I can recall when I came out of the classroom into um, the other world, right? Kind of the other side. I always wanted to not forget what it was like to be a teacher. Okay. Right? Because right. we're a graduate school of education. Right. I can't forget the challenges and issues that right. teachers face. But when I, um, so as I think back in the late 80s, early 90s, I was doing a lot of work around space science education. Okay. I received a Krista McAuliffe grant where I taught kindergarten and first grade kids all about space science. Mm -hmm. and we um, took field trips down to see a space shuttle landing and meet us wow. and work with parents and teach them the ABCs with all space related words, you know, all of that. For a number of years, it was really fun. So those are favorite memories as a teacher. And then, of course, all the TCSJ stuff. Right. Well, that's great. Yeah. What positive movements do you see in education, specifically mm -hmm. San Joaquin County, and how is TCSJ part of this? Some things that I think are probably in the future of TCSJ is the work all around early childhood education. There's a lot of money and legislative work that's being done around increasing uh, TK, uh, universal preschool mm -hmm. and TK in schools all over the state. So we are have the ability to be flexible and nimble and can get on the forefront of that work. So we're looking at doing some things around TK and um, universal preschool with a lot of new funding that's being made available, or credentials that are going to be needed, more bachelor's degree programs for people that are in home care, state preschools, uh, local preschools, Head Starts, all of those. So the whole early care, early childhood education is definitely a positive movement that I feel TCSJ will be on the forefront. The other area that kind of keeps coming up is computer education, data science. Right. So, okay. you know, there'll be a lot of jobs in the future around right. that. And again, this is where we're nimble. We're a college that is not the same as some other colleges where there are a lot of roadblocks to developing new programs. And we don't have a lot of those roadblocks as a university or college. It'll be interesting for us to kind of see how TCSJ can position themselves to prepare future folks in data science and computer education. So in other words, you're saying that there most likely will be data science classes so teachers can learn how to teach data science. Right. Because, so uh, that's how you get me coming back again over yeah, and over again. Yes, I, I heard, know. I heard. See, mm -hmm. that's it. That if we're mm -hmm. on the forefront, then uh, people that are lifelong learners want to keep coming back to do stuff. Mm -hmm. So yes, I would say that although I'm leaving, then I would hope that the work around computer ed becomes a part of what happens yes. here. Someone once told me that once you get into TCSJ, mm -hmm. you actually never leave. <laughs> That's right. And I sat there and I 
yeah, believe it, and I believe it. I know it now. Right. Uh -huh. Yeah, we're on it. Yes, I sat there, told people, "Yes, yeah, so I'm going to do a Mia," and then somebody said, "Oh no, you'll get your STEM now after <laughs> oh, this." Oh <laughs> yeah. What do you enjoy most about the job? Outside of the people, right? Cause because people, it relates to this notion of being innovative, which is when we make a decision to do something that's innovative, whether it's a new program like Mia, for mm -hmm. instance, a few years ago, or the STEM masters or the environmental literacy masters or um, all of the things is that we make it happen. So the part that is rewarding for me in my job is making things happen, getting it done. Uh, bringing the right people together to make it done. There was, as an example, a few years ago that we wanted to move more into certificate development, mm -hmm. and we were going to do an assessment certificate for districts that really needed to look at the new dashboard systems mm -hmm. and so on. So we brought people together. We created this really amazing certificate program and assessment for educators, now it didn't, we ended up not having interest, so we didn't do it. When we get ideas, we still bring the people together to make it happen. Huh. And um, that was only one that maybe didn't fly or everything else hmm. we've managed to sustain and keep going. Right, because I know the MIA right. is, I think it's like one of the few. It's the only, only one yeah, in the only state. One, that's right, only yeah. one in the state, which is, it's great. I mean, I really like the program. Uh-huh, so. I do enjoy like being part of the process mm -hmm. that gets stuff done. What's the biggest challenge you have faced in education? Is it funding? A lot of it does come down to funding. So when we want to do new things, we have to be able to support the infrastructure, the people right. in particular that make it happen. Well, people costs are have been rising substantially over the last few years right. and so with benefits and retirements and you know all of that and so being able to stay ahead of something and being able to fund it particularly with people and right. we're, we're still not doing that well we still need to increase the number of full-time staff um, coordinator managers right. in the college we still need more you know, people are tired. There's, we're doing a lot of mm -hmm. stuff. Like we're really busy, um, so we need more help. And so, biggest challenge is getting that help, getting the right help, and getting the money to pay for it. How many people work for Teachers College? I mean, how many? Like, how many instructors do you have? Yeah. So I don't have full numbers, but we have uh -huh. twenty-eight full-time staff. Right. Okay. Um, and we should be adding another. Uh, at least another one, hopefully soon, and maybe another this year. In terms of adjunct faculty, mm -hmm. so we have instructors that teach the classes, right. and between all of our programs, both credential programs and masters, we probably have about 150 adjunct faculty right. that teach classes throughout a mm -hmm. year, right? right? Some might just teach one class or two classes. Right. And then for coaches that work with our admin clear candidates, okay. I think we have about 25 of those. And then the supervisors who work with interns. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think we have about 80 supervisors. Oh, wow. So you're looking at, you know, 250-ish. So what keeps you up yeah. at night, Diane? Well, similar to the <clears throat> challenges, which is managing the budget. So our budget has gone 
from when I started in 2012 is interim from about two and a half or so million to eight million uh, in the 10 years or so. So all of that keeps you up at night, making sure that your conversations with business go well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The other is just knowing that um, everybody's exhausted right now. Mm -hmm. Um, That includes everybody, not just our staff, but Mm -hmm. the teachers that are still dealing with COVID in their classrooms and going to school at night and or on weekends for masters potentially is that everybody is just really tired. So, so those, the mental health and uh, issues that kind mm-hmm. of come with that, our coordinators have to support the teachers that are in their programs and yet they're working all the time and they are dealing with right. teachers that are tired right. and need support. Same with our faculty, right? They need right. support and they have their own because the college is built on practical, mm-hmm. right? right? Yeah, and exactly. um, that our, our faculty are also teaching all day right. long and then they're... So it's troubling that knowing that everyone is going through so many challenges in particular because lately because of the pandemic. How do you, how do you stay innovative and stay current and keep people feeling safe and secure in their jobs and all of that when there's so much going on. So, yeah, I think about all those things that keep me up at night. person comes walking in, they're a college graduate, and they Mm -hmm. were thinking about becoming a teacher, and they're debating about going to a, quote, a traditional program or TCSJ. Well, I hope that the first thing that they notice is that they matter, their situation matters, Um, we have rules we have to follow, but that our staff care about them and supporting them. The word relationships as one of the R's in our mission is foremost what everybody should recognize when they come to the college, is that you're not just a name or a number, but that we, many people, we know your families, we know your dog's name, we know that your cat <laughs> went to the vet today, and uh, we're checking in with how's your mom feeling, and right, uh-huh. so the ability to really get to know people, I think, is um, what people will notice, and that's why they want to come here. In terms of academically, the mm-hmm. Uh, we do stay current, right? We're right. implementing initiatives around universal design for learning, for instance. We invested in really training our teachers, uh, working with Katie Novak on UDL. Mm-hmm. We went and visited her in Maryland. We go to conferences and do things that oh. we need to do to stay current mm-hmm. on what's happening. And I would say that compared to more traditional colleges, mm-hmm. we serve education and so we need to do everything we can to be current where a csu might not have faculty as many faculty like we do that come from Mm -hmm. their classrooms every day to be teachers Um, so we really pride ourselves on having faculty for instance Mm -hmm. that are in the classroom that they're not professors that haven't been in a classroom for 10 Mm -hmm. years and truly understand all of the challenges. So because we're a 
graduate school of education, we can focus right. on that. Yeah, I, I, I've seen the benefit because because when people ask me why I chose TCSJ, it was just because of the fact that I said you could actually apply yeah. knowledge that you could learn in the class like the next day. You could turn around and say, oh, well, maybe I'll do that. I'll put a social contract up, which I never thought of when I first started teaching. Oh, uh -huh. And the students sign it, and then you just point to the social contract and say, oh. remember, you said, let's be kind. Right. So is there, you know, you're almost ready to retire. What are your plans for retirement? I have three grandchildren no who are four and almost two, uh -huh. brother and sister, and then another grandson that is like 21 months. He'll wow. Be, he'll be two That's great. Also. And, you know, it's kind of funny because a few months ago I thought I'm still... I'm 66. I'm still mm -hmm. healthy. I'm energetic right. and I can work, you know, for another however many right. years. And then I thought, well, maybe I should give some of this energy. So you're like the Tom to Brady of education. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you keep going. I keep on going. So I hope to be involved with uh -huh. um, some other initiatives after I retire. Right. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I still have purpose and expertise and I'll find new things to do other than taking up watercoloring. Maybe. <laughs> my dad was a watercolor artist oh, wow. and spending time with my grandkids. Then I'm going to need to be proactive about oh, wow. finding stuff to do. But I just kind of felt like it was time. Well, I'm sure you'll still be in education and I'll I'm, still and I'll yeah. still be working. Because I enjoy it, and I think sure. I think one reason is because of the fact that you hear educators telling their students, never stop learning. Exactly. But the educators themselves stop learning, where I constantly keep that in the back of my head. Yeah, this notion of being a lifelong learner um, is, it, is important to model for your own children, um, or nieces and nephews, or family, as well as your students in a class and for yourself because it feels good right mm -hmm. when you learn new things it feels good to be to feel like a scholar to feel your own growth regardless right. mm -hmm. of i would just continue to encourage people to stay healthy to want to continue to learn in a variety of ways you never know what's going to interest you and to take care of yourself as well as the students that you teach because yeah. they matter and they have a voice, and they should be listened to as well. What is something you will tell your incoming successor? Well, lots of things. <laughs> I started a list. <laughs> and I think I would tell them that the passion that they have for changing the lives of K-12 kids in our region, PK-12 kids in our region, mm -hmm. should be at the utmost center of everything you do. Right to um, stay student-centered, to be innovative. Don't be like me where I, I, I didn't have boundaries. I don't really have boundaries. If we get an idea, I want to do it, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. everybody says, we're busy enough. Passion for educating our youth and our community right. and our educators, and uh, stay on budget. Don't screw up the budget. <laughs> <laughs> That's very, very important. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for your time. I think we could keep talking for... Like, I know. Yeah. You know.